0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere. Playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Okay, Wren,
2: can you hear me? Yes, sir. I got
1: you. Counting down 3, 2, 1. Hello, Tiger Nation. Welcome to another edition of Tiger Strikes, where we talk about the achievements, and why they became to be a Texas Southern Tiger. And joining me now, great friend of mine, stand-up guy. You know he's in the room, the one and only, Ren Joseph. Ren, how are you doing today, sir?
2: I'm doing good, Chad How are you, man? Let me ask you this. Yes, sir. Talk about
1: coming out of Yates High School. You were a great bandsman at Yates High School. Okay. And what were some of your thoughts coming out of high school about going to college?
2: Um, well, for me, I mean, it was it was kind of put into us as, as kids. I mean, it was not really an option. Like, you had to go to college. So it was either I was going to the Marines or I was going to college. Whoever was going to pay for my tuition, it was, that's the route that I was going to take. So, you know, I had my eyes set on a lot of the different HBCU groups. Because uh, originally I was going to Prairie View, um, but when I ran, went to go audition, I uh, passed the music major exam, you know, got a scholarship to be a music major, but I didn't get into band money from the marching band because the scholarship money had run out at the time we went to go audition. So uh, my mom was like, hey, you better call Mr. Lee at TSU and kind of see, you know, what they can do. Um, That wasn't, you know, in my interest point because I grew up right down the street from it, so I kind of wanted to go away from school. Uh, But Mr. Lee, hey, I talked to him, met with him. He said, can you keep your hair screwed on right? I said, yes, sir. He said, can you be here on time? I said, yes, sir. He said, "Uh, do not follow instructions? I said, yes, sir. And it was, the discussion kind of went on. Next thing you know, I went, got my print out across campus, and came back and noticed that he had paid for my full tuition to, to attend Texas Southern. So he said, "I'll see you at Ocean Camp on August 5th." I said, "Okay." Call my mom and say, "Hey, I guess I'm going to school for free." And it kind of took off from there.
1: Now let me ask you this: When you came to Texas Southern, you have been a, you've been around Texas Southern quietly all of your life. You went to Yates. What yeah. was it like when you became a student, a full-time student, actual student? participating in band camp. What was that first few weeks like in band camp under Richard F. Lee and the world-famous Ocean of Soul Marching Band?
2: Yeah, I think it was more like a surreal feeling, man. I mean, you know, you grow up in high school, you see these bands on TV, you see TSU coming down the street all the time by Yates, you know, parades and stuff, but you never really, you know, get into your mind that you're going to be a part of that group one day, right? So when we got there, you know, band camp, it was, I think the first time we heard the band play Nick and then Torch and Black and Blue, it was like, man, like, you know, we're in the swag. We've made it. You know, we we went from high school to college. So it was a, it was an amazing feeling to say the least. You know, Mr. Lee was a great leader, still is a great leader. I look up to him a lot. I model a lot of my teaching practices after what Mr. Lee instilled in us as, as undergraduate students. But it was a really good experience. It was different, obviously, because the style that Texas Southern had at the time was a little bit different than what we were being trained at, you know, when I was at Yatesville High School. But, you know, we had to adapt and kind of get past it. And then, you know, the next thing you know, things kind of just took off from, you know, my freshman year uh, being the freshman, you know, sectionated for, for the drum section. And then sophomore year, I became, you know, the section leader of the funk train. And they kind of went from there until like I graduated.
1: Well, Reem, when you talk about, when you, when you talk about, being a section leader? What was it like your first year uh, under Matthew Ford, who was a section leader for the Ocean at that time?
2: Yeah, um, it, was, it was rough at first. You know, I I can't, it was kind of like how the movie Drumline is, you know, with Nick Cannon. You know, I, I came to Texas Southern. Obviously, I could play, you know, pretty well. And I had this attitude, you know, coming from Yates High School, you know, we had this mindset as, you know, we're the best of the best. And so when I got to Texas Southern, you know, there were only two old heads on the snare drum line, like 10 of us were all freshmen. So the old heads were pretty much outnumbered. So it was kind of hard for me to really buy into this is how we do things here. This is how we do things in the funk train because it was a majority freshmen and we wanted to do things how we wanted to do it. So it was rough at first until I fully understood that I had to earn my time and earn my stripes to have a say-so with, you know, part of the drum section. And so the whole year it was more like You know, me always trying to show that, hey, man, this is what I bring to the table, and I don't want to lower my skills. I don't want to lower my standards, you know, just to fit into nobody's mold. And, you know, we found a happy medium, and to this day, you know, me and Matthew, you know, we're we're great friends. You know, it's a lot I had to learn. You know, as a freshman, obviously coming in as, as a really strong, solid player, but I didn't know how TSU operated. I didn't know the TSU way. And I think that was part of the challenge was me getting indoctrinated to a style and methodology that I didn't come up under in high school. So that part was, was a bit of a transition. But once I kind of – I would say probably about the fourth game of the season, I think things kind of leveled off, and I kind of just – let me get in line and just kind of roll with how these guys are doing it. And if I can ever be sectionated, then I'm going to bring about the change so we can grow the section and get more people to want to come to TUSU to be a part of the band. Because the section was really small when I got here. It was like two old heads on snare drum. Uh, maybe one or two on tenor drum, you know, one on bass drum. So it was pretty much made up primarily freshmen, you know, my freshman class. So it was like, well, it's time for the new breed at this point, you know. Okay. What was it like your first Labor Day Classic?
1: Describe freshman that.
2: year? Oh, yes. yeah. Man, that, that was exciting. You know, as a high school student, we always went to Labor Day Classic to check out the bands and kind of see who's going to do what song and how the dance routines would be. Um, and I was fortunate enough to be in the front of the dance block my freshman year because, you know, at band practice, you know, we'd go through the routine, and Mr. Lee stops the whole band and says, hey, I need that freshman. I need him in the front. So I didn't know who he was talking to. He just stopped and pointed to me and said, hey, I need you in the front because, you know, you're dancing, you're giving out full energy. I need everybody to get on this page. And so we ended up having two lines of snare drum. I think it was like 12 of us on the field, 10 or 12. And I was in the, on the right side in the front, and Matthew was on the front side and the left. So for me, it was like, man, I'm in the front of the dance block for Texas Southern University. I'm going to make sure everybody in this Astrodome know who I am when I come off this field. Because I knew my whole family was there to see me, you know, at my debut. Uh, but it was, it was like, man, probably one of the memories, the fondest memories I have to this day, you know, marching in as a freshman and seeing my peers across this field. Because a lot of my classmates went to preview a lot of the guys who trained in high school was at Preview. So it was like you're getting ready to go battle against the guys that you grew up with or the guys who trained you. Um, so it was a really good experience, man. It was really exciting, to say the least. You know, I, I really wasn't nervous because, again, this was the work that we had been doing in high school. It was just time to showcase it now on, the, on a collegiate level. Uh, but I remember it being Pac-Man and everybody shouting and screaming, and we came out on Ocean Beat. And, I mean, it was just the classic To me, it was a classic traditional ocean moment at that game. You know, that's why I was like, you know what, I can stay at TSU a little bit longer and adjust to how things work around here.
1: Well, as you continue to progress, you got the section of where you wanted to have it. At what Mm -hmm. point did you feel like, you know what, I think I've arrived? But you didn't do it by yourself. You had your partner in crime with you, Kelton (laughs) Pinson. Yeah, Uh, man. Best friend, brother to this very day. What was it like with Kelton?
2: Yeah, man, I, I, I mean, people call us Batman, Robin, they call us everything, man. It's You know, when working with Kelton, man, we go back since ninth grade, you know, from, from high school, drumline, all the way through college. It's always good to have you know, at least one person in the room has your back. One person in the room understands what you need to get done, what you need to get accomplished. And, you know, every day at practice I would say, hey, man, I come up with an idea and he'll say, ooh, I like that idea, man, let's try this or let's try that. So we always, it's like you know, I tell people iron sharpens iron. You know, And for the whole run, it was more like, hey, man, I got this, you got that, let's divide let's conquer let's make this thing happen. And, I mean, we had fun. We pulled pranks on people. I mean, you know, anybody that knows Kelton knows Kelton is a character to say the least, um, but he was a strong, you know, support. He was a strong right-hand person that I needed because I couldn't have transformed that section without him, you know, having Vincent, you know, on cymbals, making the symbols get right. I had Earl on tenor get getting the tenor drums right. I mean, it was a lot of us that put in a lot of work into that section. So for me, it was never about, you know, me doing all this by myself. I just had to empower others to get on board with, hey, here's the vision. Here's what we want to create for this drum line, and let's take it to the next level. By the time my senior year got there, 2000, you know, I had made – we had got section of the year my freshman year, and I said, man, we need to get it one more time before I start marching. So me and Kelton, our senior year, the roles reversed. We were the only two old heads on the snare line. And so Mr. Lee was like, Hey, we need some more freshmen online. So we I go with man, we're gonna march. Me and Kelton gonna march our senior year, just two old heads and we gonna we're gonna battle everybody, we're gonna beat everybody. But Mr. Lee had obviously other plans. So we put, you know, a bunch of freshmen on the line and we trained them hard, man. We practiced hard like night, day in, day out, ten, eleven, twelve o'clock. I mean, we just we was at somebody's apartment practicing on some books, something, because we wanted these guys to understand, like, man, it's time for us to pass the torch to you guys. Um, So that senior year, I ended up earning section leader of the year, bandsman of the year, and the snare line got section of the year. At that point, I felt like Michael Jordan and and Scottie Pippen like, hey, man, it's time for us to let this go, let the younger generation take it and let them run with it. Because at that point, we had done everything that we came there to do. You know, we put the section on the map. People respected us. We traveled. It wasn't nothing that I felt like I didn't get the chance to do. You know what I'm saying? So – it was a great experience, man, and I'm I'm thankful that we, I still have the brotherhood with a lot of those guys I marched with, you know.
1: So it was, it was well, cool. Let me, well, let me ask you this: when, What was the most difficult stadium, or what was the stadium uh, that you really, really loved on the road to go into and perform?
2: Oh, I would say for sure it has to be Southern, because we knew we was gonna be met with we was gonna be met with such hostility, and we always had a point to prove, you know, marching in that way. And I don't know. Came in what they called me. You marched that little alley going to the stadium, and they would throw throw stuff at you, man, and and talk crazy to you. But we just knew Southern was always generally our last game of the season. So if you hadn't arrived by that point as as the, you know as a drummer in the drum section, you pretty much wasn't going to last. You'd come back a couple of more seasons, you know. But I would say that would be my funnest because We knew Southern band was always going to bring the heat. Uh, the drum section obviously had a different style than what we had, and we were just ready to go in and just jump on them and say, Hey, man. You know, you guys might be doing y'all thing, but y'all going to look at what we do out here in Texas. So um, I think that stadium-wise, that would probably be my best stadium that I enjoyed. Just even when you just arrived and you can see all the Jaguar flags and, you know, blue and gold, you knew you was going into a hornet's nest, but you still had that pride to go in there and swing as hard as you could, you know?
1: Once again, having an in-depth conversation with Renford Joseph, a.k.a. Ren, as he displays his Tiger Stripes win. When, when you talk about your time at Texas Southern. Who were some of the people besides Richard E. Lee, the general, who made an impact on you as a person and in your life to take things on to a greater level?
2: Oh, that's a good one. I would. I mean, it's a lot of them, but the ones that that come to the top of my mind, I would definitely say Prop Butler, the great. Um, <clears throat> Prop Butler's wife was my actual my music teacher in high school. She's my piano teacher. Right. And he's he's my college professor. I mean, he pushed me. He drove me. He just set a bar for me that I didn't even realize I could even achieve myself. You know, uh, I would definitely say him as the first person. Uh, Mr. D was my drum instructor my freshman year there, and then he left after that. But he poured enough into me at that time that I could utilize um, throughout the next couple years marching. I would say Garnett Foster, we call him G-Funk. I mean, if it wasn't, Garnett was like Phil Jackson to us. You know, he was a good coach, a good mentor, a good leader for us to kind of understand how to navigate the challenges of life and being a, a band student. Um, my piano instructor, Dr. Perkins, I mean, one of the greats I've ever come across, man, you know, she really poured, poured a lot into me. She pushed me a lot. Um, and, and she just had high expectations. And I think for me, I needed that because I drove myself at a really high speed and I need to have professors who understood that, who could push me even harder. So I, no one could really compare it to me, you know, and whatever I'm doing, i want to be the best at it. You know, I don't, I tell people, you know, everybody's not going to be in first chair, but I'm going to sit in there as long as I can. So it's your job to get me out of that chair. Uh, And then the last person I think that comes to mind, I would say, is Dr. Felder. Um, You know, he's in the pharmacy department, but see, a lot of people didn't know. I was taking lessons from Dr. Felder um, because he played snare at Florida A&M, and he saw me one day in practice, like, man, we need to work out one day. And so I started going to his house, and he just started teaching me more about sight reading and getting my chops up. And he just gave me a different perspective. That I didn't currently have as a, as a marching student. You know, I didn't have, of course, in private lessons, Dr. Adams, uh, my percussion instructor, but those are the people I, I would say that poured the most into me, that I learned a lot from. Uh, but probably uh, I would say
0: that. Uh, yeah, uh,
1: Hello, I'm right here. was
2: yeah, okay. on your end, but we can keep going. Yeah. yeah, something cut in. Yeah, but that's that's the people I
0: would say that stood out to me the most um, was was definitely that, that pushed me a <laughs> <lot of laughs> my professional career. Okay, Hold on, They're right
1: there. Taro
0: Bap mental बोसड़ी ना चोट देता पहला विचार नहीं आया क्या है हूँ बोलू तारा माँ
1: नहीं
0: ही कोई देता विचार Do you understand English or you don't understand why you keep calling me and and, and, and bothering (laughs) us here? Hello? 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 Can you hear me? Hello! Please speak to me. Why?
2: You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sound. A dimension of sight. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone.
1: yes 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 no